This is The Real Pulse, a podcast series where RBC Capital Markets experts share their insights on the latest trends and opportunities in commercial real estate. Welcome to The Real Pulse. I'm your host, Nareed Altman. The Canadian housing sector demonstrated surprising resilience in the face of the pandemic, with the price of housing not only holding up, but increasing across most Canadian markets. While the market isn't as frenzied as it was at the start of this year, it continues to operate at historically strong levels. But with continued strong demand and extremely tight supply, affordability continues to be a key issue for Canadians who wish to own a home, as well as politicians who want to support home ownership in Canada. How the dynamic of increasing demand, constraint supply, and government intervention will play out is being closely watched by those in the real estate industry. Today, I am joined by Craig Wright, Chief Economist at RBC, and we're here to talk about the housing market in Canada and discuss how the supply-demand dynamics facing the sector will play out in the coming months. Craig, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Nareen. Craig, I wanted to start with the demand side of the housing equation. Canadians have built up their savings during the pandemic, to the tune of $280 billion sitting in Canadian bank accounts. With this increased level of purchasing power, are we going to continue to see a heated housing market for the foreseeable future? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of tension on the demand side. And uh, I guess the short answer to your question is yes. Um, so you mentioned the, the savings, the $280 billion. But if you look at the consumer generally, uh, on average, sort of where they are now relative to pre-COVID levels, they're in actually much better shape. So savings, $280 billion excess savings. Debt-to-income ratio has come off its highs. It's still elevated, but it has improved through the COVID period. And then if you look at household net worth, so this is what housing the households have made through equity markets and housing markets, that's up to a tune of $2.5 trillion. Now, consumers don't spend all of that, but if they spend even a bit of a big number like that, it all adds up to a pretty strong demand environment. So the, the savings we've seen, the equity that have built, been built up, um, that's going to continue, we think, to support homes, it, home activity. It's going to continue to support some investment, maybe condos, uh, cottages and the like but also probably uh, continue to build uh, the bank of mom and dad, if you will, which has been increasingly a component to uh, the strength we're seeing in the the housing market. And beyond that, some other strong demand fundamentals, the employment market was rocked pretty significantly, but it tended to be disproportionately in the low-income households, which aren't necessarily in the the buying mode, if you will. So that sector, the higher-income households, actually didn't see much of a decline, if any, through the COVID crisis and now well above pre-COVID levels. Low interest rates, part of the story, millennials getting into the market, and then immigration's uh, very aggressive targets over the, the next couple of years and all that has provo- provided a fairly sizable move in demand relative to supply, which is always a challenge to catch up. So sales to listing ratio, which to, to your point about tight housing market, you know, traditionally balances between 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6. In Canada, it's north of 0. 0.7. And it's across all the major markets. So cost price pressures are there, input costs are rising, labor markets challenge. So our view is that prices will continue to uh, to be strong going forward, maybe not at the 20% plus pace we're seeing right now, but uh, we do see the hot housing market uh, for the foreseeable future, um, but likely slightly slower price gains as we move through the course of 2022. Craig, you mentioned immigration. The Canadian government has set some ambitious immigration targets with plans to bring over 400,000 new immigrants into the country each year. 
What level of annual supply will be required to provide housing to these new Canadians? And will it be our major markets or our secondary markets where most of that demand will be focused? Yeah, when we look at the supply side, that's been the big story for a long period of time. When you look at the challenge in the housing market, demand's been holding up, but supply just not had the ability to keep up with, uh, with that. So a lot of attention gets on demand, but I think more attention as we move forward will be shifting to the supply side to be able to get more houses to market to support strong demand, which does include the immigration targets. The, the federal government for this year and the next two years, a total of 1.22 million uh, new Canadians coming in to the economy. And, and that that's going to contribute to continued pressure on the demand side. And if you look at a, a few numbers, the uh, pre-COVID household formation is about 220,000. If you add in the incremental moves on the immigration that you mentioned, plus uh, you know some other components, including secondary homes, we get up about to 255,000 new requirements each and every year. And that's going to continue to rise by our estimates to 265 over the next couple of years. So that's that's going to continue to uh, to be challenged meeting demand. Now, the good news is we have seen supply. We have seen starts respond. Um, the latest uh, over the last 12 months, housing starts are about the highs we have not seen since ni- 1977. So very robust starts. And starts, unfortunately, do take longer time to get into completions to get to market uh, over the last couple of decades. That, that average time of completions moved from nine months to 21 months, which reflects the multifamily tilt that we've seen the housing starts. But housing starts at best in 77 at 260,000, just over 260,000 units. That's up 26% relative to pre-COVID levels. And if you look at the rural small, um, that's where we're seeing starts even more aggressive increases there. So 50% in the rural small, just north of 30% increase in starts relative to pre-COVID levels. And that in part reflects the fact that the smaller uh, rural markets tend to be more ground oriented, which have a shorter completion cycle. So uh, the big city is going to, big cities are going to continue to face pressure because a longer building cycle and because of uh, um, the, many of those new immigrants into Canada will, will head into uh, to those major city markets. So a bit of a differentiated there, differentiation there, but overall uh, supply has done a pretty phenomenal job trying to keep up, notwithstanding some supply chain challenges and importantly, some shortages on the trade side. Well, even with supply doing a phenomenal job, I think we still are experiencing a supply-demand imbalance. And with the demand side of the equation continuing to grow, it's not surprising that RBC's aggregate affordability measure worsened the most it has in 30 years last quarter, the fourth consecutive increase, and a complete rollback of the affordability gains that were made during the pandemic. Affordability was a big issue in the federal election, and a wide range of policy measures were discussed to help make Canadian housing more affordable. Craig, which of these policies do you expect to see governments enact to deal with the affordability issue? And which policies do you think will actually help affordability issues in the housing market? Yeah, I think when you look at the affordability, just definitional, it, that's our calculation of the pre-tax income necessary to service principal interest taxes and utilities. And, and Reed, as you suggested, uh, largest duration in 30 years, fourth consecutive duration on a quarterly basis, and all the gains we saw through COVID have been rolled back. But it was also broad-based across all the major markets and all the major housing categories. And as we move forward to your comments on the, the tightness in, labor in the, the housing market, more pain is to come on affordability as prices are firm, rates, interest rates will eventually rise. And some of the strong income gains we've seen, in part reflecting the sizable government programs, will be rolled back as we go forward. So Affordability challenge will continue over the near term. 
Governments have been looking at it a number of ways. We saw the recent federal election, a lot of discussion about the housing sector by all parties. Uh, unfortunately, most of the discussion there was to spur demand rather than support supply. And I don't think we really need a whole bunch of support to spur the demand side. As I suggested earlier, most of the challenges for the Canadian housing market are on the supply side. And unfortunately for the federal government, I guess, is their, their tools tend to be more demand side management tools. Most of the supply levers rest with the provinces and, uh, and the municipalities. So the federal government probably should not be encouraging demand given how robust it is in a supply-constrained world. Um, where they could kick in is perhaps ease some of the challenges on the skills trade shortages because they do have the, the hand on the, the immigration and, and that may help, uh, help the sector on the supply side. But most of the challenges will translate into what the province and municipalities do and they need to continue to move to increase supply they need to speed up the approval process and hopefully also streamline the regulatory uh, environment. So all that to say that uh, the housing market continues to be tight. Demands can take care of itself very robust over the near term where we need the help on the supply side so we can get more, more housing units to the markets. The last but certainly not least important piece of this puzzle is interest rates. With expectations that interest rates will begin to rise at some point in 2022, what do you see as the impact on the housing market? Will we begin to see cooling or worse, a collapse? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, everybody's trying to get their head around the interest rate environment right now, given what's going on with, uh, with inflation. So our base case is that our growth scenario for Canada and an interest rate or inflation outlook all suggest that from Bank Canada's perspective, overnight rates, we think, will be 50 basis points higher by the end of 2022 relative to today. So overnight rates going from 25 basis points to 75 basis points. Market interest rates, uh, mortgage rates, uh, probably similar gains or maybe even slightly higher. So maybe 50 to 75 basis point rise. A significant rise from where we're at, but in the grand scale of things, very modest interest rate environment, uh, very low and stable as, as we move forward. Um, and this, this view is premised on inflationary pressures we're seeing today being transitory. So we're in that team transitory camp, but most of the points are being scored right now by the persistence of these inflation pressures. And a lot of them supply-driven. Um, with time, the supply, like the housing market, will catch up in some of these and ease some of those price pressures. We're also dealing with some unfavorable base effects. So Declines in many prices a year ago aren't being repeated, so that's pushing headline inflation measures up in Canada, U.S., and around the globe. Um, but they are longer lasting than what we'd hoped for and likely to continue over the latter part of this year. But as we move into 2022, some of these unfavorable base effects should fade. Inflation expectations usually keeping in check in around that 2% target. So that'll help cap any inflationary pressures. And the employment market, the employment's up, but the unemployment rate still uh, well above the five and a half or six percent level we thought was normal pre-COVID, so that's not usually environment where workers look for wage gains. They tend to focus more on uh, on job security, and the economy is still operating below its capacity. So that's not usually environment where inflationary pressures take hold and persist, because uh, business and consumers, the either inability to pass on price increases from a business perspective, or and uh, workers not looking for it. So if we're correct, you get a fifty base point rise in interest rate. Affordability in that environment with all else unchanged probably uh, deteriorates another two percentage points. So very manageable, but we do have to keep in mind the sensitivity for small change in interest rates is much higher given the debt buildup we've seen. So it is a small risk of a larger move in interest rates, but if we do get that small risk, it is going to be a significant hit to affordability in housing. So base case view, uh, housing market cooling 
uh, not collapsing as we move forward. Well, thank you, Craig, for sharing your insights. One thing I can say for certain is that we will all be watching this market very closely. I'm Nareed Altman, and this is The Real Pulse. This has been an RBC Capital Markets production. You can subscribe to The Real Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Amazon. Or visit our website, rbccm.com slash therealpulse. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.